Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time, the first of our J2 season review episodes uh, for the close season. Uh, I'm John Steele in the host chair for part one and joining me uh, to talk about a few of the teams from the top of the J2 table from 2023, it's James Taylor. James, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, John. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. All good, thanks. Um, James, what we're going to do in part one is just talk about the. I think we're going to cover the top seven teams from last season's final uh, J two standings, right? We have uh, Lewis is going to take care of Tokyo Verdi for us because he, I think, went to every every home game and quite a few of the away games as well. So we'll drop in a segment from him uh, when the time arises. And we have got Daniel Kuroda. He's our Nagasaki. Uh, correspondent. So for the Vivar and Nagasaki section, we'll uh, we'll drop in his um, his MP3 uh, when the time comes. But for us, we'll start uh, right at the top uh, with the the automatically promoted teams. We, we there's nowhere else to start, but with the champions, really. Uh, Machida, Zelvia. I mean, we talked about them, you know, pretty much every week throughout the the season. So I'm, I'm not sure how much we can really add um, here. But what what we asked our correspondents to do was to give a kind of um, grade. Uh, uh, al- alphabetical grade is that the right word alphabet grade uh, for the for how the teams have done this season I mean Machida uh, this is well-worn territory for us I suppose and the listeners but they finished 15th in 2022 so to end up as champions and they finished was it 12 points clear no 12 points 12 points yeah okay okay so they've uh, they've they've smashed it uh, in the in the current parlance Mm. uh, James I I can only assume that we're going to give them an, an A Plus, I think we, we were down on them at times because they, they've they've spent a lot of money to assemble a, a very kind of by J2 standards, a quite a star-studded um, team with a, with a lot of strength in depth. But I still think, um, I, I thought maybe I would give them an A grade, but I think A, a plus seems seems fair on reflection because even though they, you know, they, they have a lot of money now from their kind of cyber agent uh, ownership, uh, I don't think we, we can see from other teams, uh, you know, littering the, the table. That's not a guarantee of success. It's certainly not a guarantee of finishing champions and 12 points clear. So it has to be A plus for me for matching as Elvia's season. You, do you, um, would you go along with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think perhaps... I mean, it's easy to, to say, oh, they've got lots of money and so they were able to sign all the best players and that's why they won the league. And maybe that's true. But it's also, like you said, they finished really low down the table last year and they basically revamped the squad. Um, they, they shipped out a whole load of sort of underperforming players and also they lost a couple of um, very good players like Taiki Hirato and uh, Shusuke Ota. Mm. And also they had a, 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 a I think... Really, I think they took a risk on the manager, Go Kuroda. Obviously, it paid off, but he'd never managed in in um, professional men's football before, and obviously had a very good track record at high school level. Um, but yeah, so I think it was perhaps not a foregone conclusion until, well, then sort of part way through. I mean, well, they they went top, I think, after match day four, and then there was only one week when they dropped to second and then they were top for the rest of the season so obviously it seemed like a bit of procession they won 26 games they only lost seven they were the top scorers um equal best goal difference they only lost yeah only lost seven seven games this is this is incredible stuff and they were able to keep strengthening during the season i mean they got um several players in on loan they also managed to snatch an impressive attacking um winger from their who the team that was at the time second uh, in, in Byron Vasquez they got from Verdi and so 
Yeah, the, it's, it's got to be A plus, isn't it? I don't mm. think there's really that much to to dispute, is there? No, no. Well, yeah, I don't think so. I think I'd add, you know, as you mentioned, strength in depth was a, was a, was a big feature for them in terms of you know goalkeeper as well. They had a, that a couple of very reliable goalkeepers to to, to call on. Like Koki Fukui played if if William Pope didn't, and they were both really good. I think uh, not too many not too many ricks or mistakes from them. And uh, yeah, you know, having a player like uh, Eric, you know, the official J two player of the season having him sort of out for the season you know in summertime with the ACL injury I mean that would have derailed quite a few teams I think mm-hmm. um, you know losing someone who's so evidently the star player but because Machida had this kind of um, uh, pound shop Galacticos seems like a criticism so I'll, I'll just you know we won't say that I don't think but mm-hmm. you know they, they were able to recover or, or losing Eric obviously affected them but not much you know, they, they had other kind of uh, attackers to call on and come in and do the business. And they even brought in um, Adam Ilson. Yeah. And he didn't really, like you said, you something you mentioned a few times in the pod. Well, he, we know he's there, but we don't see him very much. Um, yeah, I thought I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he scored one, one or two maybe yeah. without, without looking, it has to be said, particularly match fit. Um, so, you know, they just had, whenever they had a problem, they uh, they found a solution, and I think over the you know we we talked before about J two being a marathon, so forty two game stretch. No team is going to go through sort of ten months and forty two games without problems coming up, and it's a lot to do with where the solutions would come from. And I always thought they they seemed to start well, and I was kind of waiting for them to have big problems and see how Kudo would, would manage that, considering like you said he doesn't have experience at this at this level. Uh, but w- whatever problems that came up, they they just kind of bounced off Machida, and they they just kind of um, it became you know if you look at the final league table, it do, does look uh, processional, doesn't it? So yeah, well done to them. It'll be really interesting to see what they do uh, in J one uh, next season. I, I'm tempted to go to Tsurakawa Station just to see what the kind of long bus line will look like uh, mm-hmm. to go out to the stadium when when it's uh, Urawa, you know, in town, for example. So access to that stadium is is a big problem. Uh, yeah. it, generally, so we, we'll see. But um, yeah, well, well done to everybody involved to, to go from fifteenth to first. Even if you've done it by spending um, a lot of money by J two standards, it's no no mean feat. So yeah, it's got to be a plus uh, for me. How about second place, uh, James Jubilo Iwata? Not quite as clear cut as Machida because they ended up just sneaking uh, sneaking in ahead of Tokyo Verdi on goal difference. Right, Tokyo Verdi finishing third, so Iwata and Verdi had seventy five points apiece. But uh, a four goal uh, swing, you know, Iwata four goals better off on goal difference, so that they go up automatically. Um, considering the kind of problems they had going into the season, being like you know newly relegated and also having a, their transfer ban uh, after this kind of a controversy over uh, Fabian Gonzalez, is a player, isn't it? Who they signed? I think he he had a contract or a verbal agreement with another club in Thailand, but yeah. Iwata brought him in, and that 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 led to a kind of a cast ruling that, that Iwata couldn't sign any players. That 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 gave them trouble at the start of the season but it's turned out to be a a promotion year so I think uh, given the problems that the coach your coach you had to deal with uh, I can only really give Iwata A plus as well um, based on my sort of um, sort of feeling it out kind of rankings what, what do you think James? Yeah I was not expecting them to be up in the automatic promotion picture uh, I, I remember saying pre-season thinking oh well probably they'll have to settle for mid-table maybe they'll be maybe they'll squeak into the playoffs but yeah it's good to give full credit to the manager for the way he, he, he managed he managed that squad um, admittedly mostly J1 Standard. Well, I say J1 standard. I mean, they got relegated from J1, so maybe they're not J1 standard. Mm. <laughs> but 
players with J1 experience, right? And then, of course, the the big um, boost really came from from high school, didn't it? Case Gigotto, we talked about on our on our last pod. Got he he was really uh, a breath of fresh air, and I think um, must have sort of helped. Um, maybe like with the atmosphere in the squad, like having someone come up from from the academy and 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 play so well, it must have kind of refreshed things with a group who'd just come down and no one else really coming in. Um, so they managed to avoid it kind of getting stale. And then they didn't really, well, I don't know if they really had any kind of standout performance, I mean, but but they had impressive performances all over the, the, the pitch or throughout the squad. And then they got the ultimate um, ending when they pipped their prefectural rivals to the automatic promotion spot on the final day which I'm sure they're still laughing about. Yeah it's funny to see Iwata, Verdi and Shimizu in second, third and fourth isn't it? They're all teams that are kind of like you know original 10 uh, mm. J-League teams. It's kind of amazing to think they're all in the second tier uh, even if it's just, just for a season and even more amazing to think two of them will be, be back in, in J1 uh, for next year but I, I can't really disagree with anything you've said. I think there was a real I felt going into this season, there was a real possibility that things could turn very sour very quickly mm. at Iwata for some of the reasons that you mentioned. Like relegation often leads to a, a bit of a hangover, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the following year, as, as quite a few teams uh, further down the J2 table can can, can attest to. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, I think y- y- Yokuchi did a really, really good job as the manager. I'm not really sure I considered them even as an automatic promotion contender until like the run-in. They just suddenly mm. seemed to be up there. Right? They were kind of in and around that, that kind of top six, weren't they? Uh, before yeah. sort of eventually finishing at kind of the top the top of that kind of mini league, the five or six teams in the in the playoff places. Once it became clear that Machido were far and away um, the, the best team. But yeah, I mean, if you get promoted uh, and you come from a position where you weren't able to sign many players, you've relied on um, a squad of uh, older players from last season and, and some, some kind of high schoolers. I don't mm. think we can say anything other than a well done to all involved and uh, an A+. Plus. Uh, the only thing I'd mention as well is, yeah, you know, all that fuss about Fabian Gonzalez and he didn't really play much when, he, when his left. band finishes and he's left. He's at the end yeah. So I think, year. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's a cautionary tale there of like, is it really worth getting into like legal controversy for a player who is not, you know, it, it's not exactly, you're not getting Messi or, or, or Ronaldo, right? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he let anybody down. I've seen him play and he's a good player, but um, what a load of... Uh, what a load of fuss over very little uh, for very yeah. little reward for you, Atta. So I hope, hopefully that's a cautionary tale for uh, for other J League uh, J League teams as well. And uh, yeah, it's interesting that you know Machida and Iwata they do have something in common, which is that high school connection, uh, right? Obviously, Gokuroda, the manager at Machida, coming coming from the high school system, and then yeah, Keisuke Goto, he's only eighteen, nineteen. Uh, and he's he's been uh, he was such an important part of just galvanizing everything. I think uh, Iwato should probably give a shout out to Rio Jermaine as well. It doesn't doesn't get yeah. too much love on the pod, but he also I think everybody who was called upon did what they needed to do. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it wasn't it wasn't pretty at times, and they they did win a few games where I was left wondering how how did they win that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, um, as they say, it's a sign of a good team, isn't it? If you can win when you haven't played well, or maybe you don't you don't always deserve it. So. Um, yeah, they they won fewer games obviously than than the match at a twenty one twelve draws, but only nine defeats. Uh, Seventy four goals scored is is huge. That's uh, that's way more than Tokyo Verdi in, in third. So um, yeah, can't we can't begrudge them promotion? And uh, yeah, a a plus seems like a fair grade. 
fair grade to me. Uh, again, going to be interesting to see if they go kind of hog wild in the transfer market now that they they, they can sign players and they're back in <laughs> J1 um, for next year. Perhaps they, they might raid a few other J2 teams and uh, we'll, we'll be discussing that in the weeks to come. But yeah, we, we have to say congratulations to Machida and Iwata. A plus uh, for a, a very fine, very fine 2023. And uh, yeah, good luck to everybody uh, involved in J1 uh, next year. James, if that's all on the top two, shall we take a quick uh, comfort break at this point? We're, we're going to bring in uh, Lewis uh, in a moment. He's recorded some kind of Tokyo Verdi-centric uh, chat for us. They, they finished third, of course, and got promoted in a memorable fashion uh, in the playoffs at, uh, at Kokoritsu Kyogijo. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. And, uh, yeah, here comes Lewis with the, the Tokyo Verdi season review. Hello everyone, it's Lewis to talk about Tokyo Verdi's 2023 season. Uh, thanks very much to John and James for having me back and let me do a quick review of what's been uh, a mad year. Uh, overall, yeah, definitely grade A season uh, for Verdi. Um, I don't think many people expected us to be one of the, the three teams promoted this year. Uh, even I thought we had an outside chance of a prom- uh, playoff place, but um, never thought we'd finish the season outside of the automatic promotion spots on goal difference alone. Um, I think as well, um, it's been kind of against the odds. I don't think Verdi are particularly blessed in terms of financial resources compared to a lot of the teams around us and some of the teams that didn't actually make the playoff places. Um, And to do it in the way that we have done with a lot of homegrown players, a lot of youth team players, uh, guys picked up from university teams and uh, a few judicious loans I think is it speaks volumes to how how well the team has done and how well the team as a group has, has gelled over the course of the season uh, obviously a lot of that will be down to some uh, superb coaching from Joe Hoku and his team but yeah overall amazing season even at points when I didn't think it was going to happen and moaned like hell uh, online about it um, yeah, uh, to, to actually finally get over the line in, in the way that we did it uh, with a 96-minute penalty in the playoff final um, in a, a relatively busy national stadium was just just amazing. One of the one of the highlights of my football supporting life. So yeah, absolutely brilliant season. High point of the season, other than obviously the playoff final, was probably the home game against Jeff United. Um, down 2 0 with about 11 minutes to play, 1 3 2 in injury time. Uh, that was class. Uh, <laughs> I went daft, I went nuts. Um, but I would say that game, maybe more than anything, kind of showed the, the change over the season. Um, earlier in the season, if we'd gone down a goal, uh, we were just not coming back, uh, no matter what we chucked at them. We, we'd be ponderous, we'd, we'd really struggle to break teams down. And maybe in the last five minutes or so, we might actually get a couple of passages of play or the ball into dangerous areas. But um, to be 2-0 down with so little time left and to actually um, do it, actually overcome that, that deficit, I think was probably a good indication of the way things were coming together towards the end of the season. Um, 
the character of the squad and the the ability of that kind of group of players to to keep pushing to the end. Obviously, um, kind of bore fruit in the final as well. So yeah, that was that would be my highlight in terms of like the actual game itself. It was really good fun. Uh, the day was good. I, I went with a really big group of people, um, some old pals, uh, some of my colleagues from work came to that game as well. Uh, a few new pals that I've made over this season uh, through J League, uh, Verde fans and, and fans of other teams as well. They all came along, had a class day out. All told, um, ended up. Uh, with a couple of bottles of Buckfast and Shinjuku, so all overall, I cracking cracking day out, a great victory, and I think it was showed um, the direction of the team as as the season came to an end was exactly where it needed to be. So yeah, I that would be my my highlight uh, if I had to pick one particular game. Low point of the season was more of a low period. Of the season, we we had a traditional mid-season slump. Um, I think it was four months without a home league win, almost four months without a home league win, and I think almost two without even scoring at home in the league. Um, it felt very much like we'd kind of blown our chance, and it was that frustration of watching a team turn over the ball pass sideways, uh, reach roughly the, the final third and then turn around pass back again uh, on repeat for almost 90 minutes. It was unbelievably frustrating and I remember thinking at that time that we'd, we'd uh, effectively scuppered our own chances by this kind of lack of proactivity or lack of lack of belief and, and that was kind of the, the source of some of my Frustrations directed at Morita and and Jofuku, uh, obviously, which which turned out to be uh, over the season unfair because they, they 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 both got the job done then. But yeah, that that period was 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 murder. It was awful. I, got, I properly stopped looking forward to to going to home games. It was really unwatchable. Um, total totally joyless. <laughs> um, and yeah, that would definitely be the the, the low point over the season. Um, but yeah, I, like fundamentally, like it didn't matter in the end. Um, things came right when they needed to come right. Um, other teams were we were kind of lucky with other teams being relatively inconsistent as well. Obviously, Shimizu and and Jubilo and other kind of other of the the bigger teams uh, around us in the uh, the playoff positions. So. I in the end it didn't actually really matter, but I, that 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 was I would say if I had to pick a, a low point over the season, it would be that kind of uh, period of pretty grim viewing at home. A few contenders for most important player of the season. Um, my shout would probably be Mateus. Over the course of the year, I think his performances. He was kind of a bit of a maligned goalkeeper for a couple of seasons, but this year his performances were integral to finishing the third. He uh, saved a ton of points, uh, some genuinely world-class saves at times over the season. A couple of mild howlers, but um, generally I'd say he'd be one of our most consistent performers. Uh, outside of him, um, obviously Nakahara, 
uh, on loan. Uh, second half of the season, he was absolutely vital. Um, I think he was, you know, part of um, a lot of our kind of resurgence towards the end of the season. Very big part of the resurgence towards the end of the season. Um, instrumental in a lot of absolutely vital goals and vital performances. Um, who else? Um, a few kind of breakthrough players this season. Um, I think Taniguchi's finally established himself as as our number one centre half. Uh, Inami uh, centre mid was was outstanding um, over the season. Um, Morita as well. First half of the season he looked uh, rabbit in the headlights, terrified, couldn't felt like he couldn't really handle the pressure of the captaincy and the expectation that was placed on him. Uh, he's his announcement as, as, as captain at the beginning of the season looked like I don't know. Uh, he looked like a twelve-year-old having to do a, a, a in the middle of a speech contest or something like that. Petrified. Uh, but over the season, he really by the end of the season, he was you know he finally he he he'd grown to fit the role. Uh, I think his reaction at the uh, the playoff result kind of speaks to his um, how much he kind of invested of himself in his responsibility, um, balling his eyes out. And it felt like that was the kind of biggest weight on anybody in that team's shoulders finally lifted. So his kind of transformation um, from, you know, terrified 22-year-old to captain my captain by by the end of the season was, 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 was really good to see. Uh, Matthias would be my player of the season though, um, but since uh, since John gave me the option um, of selecting the manager, I would have to go with Joel Hooker. He, um, yeah, even when I doubted him, <laughs> he he was always right, I guess. Um, he got the job done uh, with very limited resources compared to what was around him. His coaching was amazing. Um, the his his investment in his players like um was was clear to see and i i like i mentioned this online but it, i don't think i've ever seen a manager who clearly takes as much joy in the successes of his players uh he's end of the uh, end of the year or end, sorry the end of the season speech kind of alluded to his respect and his love of his players but yeah, like yeah, he's a he's a Verde legend. I think it's fair to say, and he would be the man that the single biggest influence over the course of the season. So I I would have to give my MVP as it were to 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 uh, Hiroshi Jofuku. Biggest surprises of the season: um, Vasquez's transfer midway through to a promotion rival was uh, a surprise to put it mildly. Um, one of the one of the good points of, of promotion is actually being able to uh, play play uh, play Zelvia next season and see what the reaction is to him then because uh, it wasn't it wasn't particularly understanding uh, to put it mildly from from the Verdi side when 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 he uh, buggered off. Uh, so yeah, I think him his departure would be one of the surprises. Uh, outside of that. Um, probably maybe some some kind of maybe disappointments for for some sides. Um, Oiter kind of surprised that they um, uh, finished ninth. Uh, I saw them at the beginning of the season, 
And I would have had them down as uh, at least a playoff position and, and maybe vying for the, the, the other automatic promotion spot. I uh, thought they looked really solid. Um, so surprised that they didn't keep up that level um, through the season. Uh, Nagasaki as well. Um, you know, they've got the, the strongest striker in the league. Um, they have the new new stadium on the way. They, they seem like a pretty well-heeled outfit. Um, and I think they'll they'll in fact I know they'll they'll definitely be disappointed missing out on on even a playoff place that they feel like they're a kind of J one team in the making uh, or in or in waiting. Um, so yeah, that would be another surprise. Uh, but overall, I'd say that the biggest surprise of the season is us. Um, I don't think many people had Verde down for promotion. Although saying that, a lot of some of the Japanese pundits actually. Um, had uh, a bit more faith in Verdi's potential this season. A couple of them, I saw, I can't remember which magazine it was, but um, it might have been El Golazo, I can't remember. Um, they had Verdi down as a promotion uh, in the promotion spots, or at least like high ranked in, in the playoff spots. So I guess they, they know their onions, but uh, yeah, I don't think um, many on the, the, the Guy Kokujin side had the same level of faith, including myself. I didn't really think it would be a promotion season. I certainly hoped it would be, but I would say overall, uh, I'd say the biggest surprise would be, be Ver- kind of unfancied Verdi, uh, getting back to getting back to where they belong, getting back to J1. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that, Lewis. A uh, yeah, memorable year for, for Tokyo Verdi supporters and, and J-League watchers in general. Congratulations to them on promotion back to the top flight after a pretty astonishing 15 years uh, away. Uh, James, we've been really positive so far, haven't we, talking about Machida Iwata and, uh, and Lewis was, I'm sure, very positive talking about Tokyo Verdi. Uh, we'll keep things moving with the team that finished in fourth place. We're probably going to get a bit less positive here. Shimizu S-Pulse. So obviously the, the pre-season target was a, a swift return to J1 uh, after relegation and they came fairly close points-wise. They obviously finished just one point behind uh, Iwata who finished second and Shimizu had this vastly superior goal difference. If they had been level on points, Shimizu would have gone up instead uh, in second place but they, they went into the playoffs, uh, made it through the semi-final but then uh, yeah, they only drew 1-1 with Tokyo Verde in, in the final uh, that meant that Verdi, as the, the higher-placed team in the league standings, went uh, went up to J1. And Shimizu are left to kind of count the cost and, uh, and go again for next year. So for Shimizu, um, this is a tricky one because on the one hand, you finish fourth in the table. You're only a point away from clinching automatic promotion. Uh, that would have probably meant me, me giving you a coveted A grade. Uh, but I think I have to give C here because considering the resources that are at Shimizu's disposal, Last season's J1 top scorer, for example, in Thiago Santana was, was still there um, this year. They just haven't made the most uh, uh, of their resources, have they? And it's uh, ultimately, uh, for some teams, fourth place is an amazing... If Gunnamurd finished fourth, we would have been saying it's a fantastic achievement. But by, by Shimizu's standards and their pre-season expectations, this is, a, this is a failure, isn't it? Yeah, that squad not going up is, is a massive failure. I mean, they had, I keep saying it, the guy who was in goal for Japan at the most recent World Cup, they got the guy who was Japan's star player at the previous World Cup, they got the guy who was the top scorer in J1 last year, they got another guy who played for Japan a few years ago, and they've got 
variety of um, uh, foreign players as well. Yeah, and they paid the price for that poor start. They were winless from their first seven, and then they suddenly, well, they changed the manager and uh, suddenly started scoring. I think they they thrashed Yamaguchi, was it 6-0? They beat someone else 5-0, and they thrashed Iwaki twice. Oh, Fujieda it was, wasn't it? They beat Fujieda 5-0, they, they thrashed Iwaki twice. When it really mattered, right at the end of the year, they, they finally got themselves into the, the automatic promotion picture with about two-thirds of the season gone, and then... Yeah, they dropped from second to fourth on the final day because they couldn't beat Mito. And, uh, yeah, that, I think that is a failure for mm. for that club with that squad in this division. Mm. And um, I wonder how they will have to approach next year, mm. uh, which obviously we're getting, getting a bit ahead of ourselves there. But um, there's not much more to say, really. This is a disappointing year that ended in failure. Mm. Yeah, no, I think we, yeah, we, we, we can't say we can't say fairer than that. I think the the margins are quite fine, aren't they? Like, for example, if they just held on, I mean, they they that they were ahead, weren't they, in the game against Verdi, just conceding that crazy penalty in the the ninety six minutes, which I know you 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 think was a was a penalty, and I think I agree, but it you know it definitely yeah. isn't that grey. Yeah. It, it's not as clear. <laughs> it's not as clear cut as 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 some as some penalties have been this season. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we we could be talking about. I think even if they'd finished second, I would still only be giving them a B for the reasons that you've outlined. So for them, for them to finish fourth is uh, is disappointing. Yeah. And then that they got their. Um, I felt like they they just had numerous chances to kind of have a good you know reach their targets this season and didn't take them. So you know they. They had that poor start. I think they they, they probably shouldn't have had. Um, was it Zé Ricardo was that the manager at the start of the season? Yeah, I don't think that was a very good choice going into the season. So that they kind of dodged a bullet by by sacking him and bringing in Akiba, who um, does have his detractors now in terms of people who are a bit tired of his kind of shtick. But um, you know he's a motivator. He he got the players mm. working hard, and so they they sort of dodged one bullet there, uh, and then they boobed uh, by not not finishing second. Uh, and mm. then they had another chance to rectify that in the playoffs. They got to the final. They're one nil up in the final, uh, and then just couldn't just couldn't get the job done. So I think it's just a, a, a season of missed opportunities um, for, for Shimizu. I suppose on the one hand, after having such a dodgy start, didn't they? They didn't win any of the first few games, did they? First three or four. Seven. First seven. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So to, to 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 not win any of your first seven games and then come back come back and to be within a whisker of promotion. On the one hand, that's impressive. But yeah, you mentioned the resources available, quality of players. Um, I mean, there's some J1, a couple of J1 teams. We won't, we won't name, we won't say which J1 team we, we, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, but it's one who would probably, most of those players wouldn't get into Shimizu's team. So yeah, uh, yeah it has to go down as a failure. And uh, yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm really curious to see what they'll do next season. Because on the one hand, you could spin it as well. We were so close we just need another point from you know we just need to squeeze another point out of the systems we have or that they might go to kind of sort of root and branch uh, scorched earth reform the only thing i'll mention on on uh, shimizu before we move on i didn't bother to read the, the full story when it popped on twitter but there was some comments about how um the atmosphere around the squad was like super relaxed going into the playoffs did you mm. see that and there was some comment about how the the the, the players car park uh, the training ground looked like a kind of luxury car, like you know, supercar event, um, and that that sounds like sour grapes from you know supporters or, or people in the club who who are not happy with how things go. But I think just based on how they approached a couple of games that I saw this year, I think maybe there was a bit of complacency or a bit of a sense of well, because we've got a good squad, we'll get the job done somehow. 
Uh, and I think we, we know J2 um, J2 does not reward that kind of complacency very often. It's much yeah. more likely to get punished and uh, punished they were. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go for next year. But yeah, I can only can only think about Shimizu getting a a C grade really, and they must uh, must do better. I think in twenty twenty four. James, what about I think the one team that's difficult to analyze uh, are the team that finished in fifth place in the table, Montedio. Yamagata, so they they reeled off. Was it five straight wins to finish the season, mm. and that got them into fifth place and uh, kind of sneaked ahead of a, a clutch of teams to get into the playoffs. So you know, okay, they got into the playoffs. That I think that represents a reasonably good season. Uh, they had a terrible start as well, didn't they? Uh, you yeah. know, to, to to rectify. So they're kind of a, the echoes of Shimizu in terms of kind of rectifying a, a really really bad start. Um, but obviously promotion wasn't achieved, and they, they they went out in the playoff playoff semi final. So I think I would rest on a B uh, grade uh, for for Yamagata. I think the most interesting thing about their stats is only four draws in forty two games. They're the anti the anti Tokushima, uh, really. In in that sense, if they just picked up another couple of draws, then. Uh, that might have stood them stood them in good stead, but um, the other area where they they were poor is defensively, where they conceded fifty four um, goals, which not 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 really not enough when you look at the what what other teams in the playoffs uh, had had done. Uh, apart from Jeff, Jeff, I think Jeff conceded fifty three. But um, yeah, what about Yamagata? I, I think B a B grade seems like uh, fair enough. But, but but what say you, James? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting because, like, yeah, like Shimizu, they had a poor start. Well, they won their first two, and then they lost their next eight. And after five of those, they fired the manager, and gradually things improved. And they, they, uh, well, they made it into the playoffs. They finished fifth, right? They got in on the on the final day, really. Mm. But what's yeah, what what's what's interesting is to compare that with Shimizu, who also had a bad start, and made their way up the table after changing manager, and finished in the playoffs. But obviously the expectations were vastly different. Although I would say probably Yamagata's expectation or their aim was to make the playoffs because as they had in the previous two, I think previous two years. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed what I saw of, of Yamagata. I, 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 everyone knows that I'm a fan of, of Masaki Goto in goal. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper and I think he played well again this year. Um, well, <laughs> I meant to say it the other day when we were doing our team of the year, when I was talking about um, uh, Matthias. I tend to, uh, after a certain point of the season, I'm thinking, oh, like there's only a few goalkeepers who haven't made a terrible mistake leading to a goal. And uh, I think it was Matthias who went the longest <laughs> <laughs> before he did that weird one against Fujieda where he just passed the ball to a, a Fujieda player mm. standing right next to him, 40 mm. yards from his own goal. Mm. Um, I don't remember Goddard making any um, particularly awful mistakes. And they, they also, yeah, they've they, they got a lot of sort of um, good midfielders who can chip in with goals. And they had, um, yeah, Thiago Alves and uh, Yoshiki Fujimoto, two very good strikers, or wingers, midfielders in, in your uh, <laughs> in your world. Um, hey, it's and, the, the uh, official J-League <laughs> website's world, mate, not, not yeah, mine. But, Transfer marked has Zane Isaka as a right back, so uh, yeah. But no, what, what no handbrake, was... no handbrake on transfer market. Clearly, <laughs> I um, I was surprised that they started as badly as they did, um, but in the end, yeah, not surprised that they 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 showed us what they could do. So yeah, I think a B grade's 
about right for them, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they progress next year because I just think uh, obviously not 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 to get into wider issues, but uh, I think for quite a few of these the the, the northern teams, if you like, the talk teams changing changing the calendar. Um, mm-hmm. You know the, the new J League calendar is going, is going to be fascinating, and Yamagata obviously have their new stadium coming online. I think not not yet, but in a couple of years, maybe twenty twenty seven. I think. <laughs> So that 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 might be something that's happening at the same time as the the, the league is changing its kind of. So I wonder if there's kind of an existential. If I were the chairman, I'd be thinking, well, what is the end game here for Yamagata? How how far can we go? Can we get into J1 and establish ourselves? I mean, they have been in J1 before uh, briefly, so it's it's not impossible. But uh, yeah, I think that this season was again um, they they didn't quite have. Well, nobody had Shimizu's resources there at their disposal, so it's not as disappointing. But I think you're right; they they do seem to be stuck in this kind of getting into the playoffs and not really being able to take that next step, not not being able to push on from there. And we've seen with other teams that we'll we'll talk about in future future episodes of our season review that once once you if you sort of finish around the same position three years in a row, it tends to be the next year you drop down, you don't go yeah. up. Uh, you know, so there is a kind of ceiling maybe that that Yamagata need to be need to be wary of. But I, I thought overall they weren't quite at their best uh, for most of the season. I think that that kind of winning run at the end, getting them into fifth, is a little bit of a, a red a red herring or a little bit of a you know. Th- th- I don't think they were the fifth best team, but they ended up finishing fifth w- with that winning run at the end. Um, one or two players, I think, maybe are, are going to move on now, uh, and, and that the, the team might have a bit of a new look. Uh, for next year, you mentioned Zane Isak. I know he's already signed on uh, for, for next season, which is a bit of a surprise to me. I thought he might be one of the ones who would move on, perhaps even up to J1. Um, but perhaps that's indicative of how Yamagata's season is viewed as being not quite that impressive. I, I think they'll be able to keep hold of a lot of their players because they haven't been as impressive as, as previous years. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, next season. I, I think, uh, again, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves a lot here. I think next season might be harder, so they'll, ha- they'll have to be, be better. And they'll be doing it without Thiago Alves, right? Without De Torre as well, as mentioned last week uh, in, in our in our pod last week. So, yeah, we, we'll see. But I think um, if you can finish fifth with Keisuke Nishimura in defence, uh, mm-hmm. you must be doing something right. So they, they don't need to... Um, they, they don't need to start from scratch, but um, he, he actually, to be fair, played quite well in a lot of games that yeah, I saw. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not so blinkered that I can't, I can't admit that. So yeah, he, uh, he might be, might be on course to prove me wrong in the future as well. But uh, yeah, I think B, B sounds about right, and I think they've Yamagata have been like a, they, they've been getting Bs from me for sort of three years in a row. Mm. So we'll see what happens next year. Can they, can they push on? Uh, automatic promotion looks like it was going to be tough f- for them, but but uh, maybe maybe they can get to a playoff final and it's anybody. Know anybody's guess from there, but yeah, they 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 didn't really come up that much on the pod, did they uh, last year? Uh, and I think that that perhaps says 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 a lot about how their season went. James, one team that we did talk about more and more as the season went on last year was Jeff uh, United, Jeff Chiba, who finished sixth. They were level on points uh, with uh, with Yamagata, but just a couple of goals worse off on goal difference, so they sneaked into the playoffs two points ahead of uh, Nagasaki. Uh, in the end, first time in the playoffs for a while, and uh, Jeff's sort of most impressive season uh, for a, a, a good long while, uh, I think. And something that's interesting for me is the the reaction when they they went out in in the playoffs and they didn't make it through to the final. Is that there, there wasn't the kind of like gnashing of teeth and and clutching of pearls. Most Jeff supporters would seem pretty happy that they just had a good season, uh, team to be proud of. Again, after a poor start, this is a theme of quite a few teams, isn't it? Uh, who ended up finishing in the playoffs. But um, I think this might be controversial because they didn't really, in inverted commas, achieve anything 
uh, this season. But considering how the last few years have been for Jeff and how the managers had to kind of, uh, Kobayashi's kind of had to do it from scratch, I would give them an A uh, just because I think finishing six with Jeff is not as <laughs> not as easy as it as he made it look. So I, I'll give them an A for, for effort. Uh, obviously, they didn't, they didn't quite make it all the way um, to, to promotion in the end. But um, what, what, how do you think it went for Jeff in, in 2023, James? Yeah, I think it's a very positive season for Jeff. Obviously, the first half of it was not so good. They didn't actually get into the top half of the table until uh, well, match day 28. They moved into 11th. And then they only moved into the top six on match day 35. Um, oh, well, they won their first game. And then they, was it their next eight or something? They, they, they didn't win. Mm. Yeah, really bad first third of the season. Well, we could say first half of the season, maybe first two thirds. Mm. Um, yeah, when, and we were very skeptical of of the managerial appointment. Of they appointed the assistant of the previous manager, and, yeah. but actually it worked out well. He did well. He managed to get. Um, I think he managed to get impressive performances um, from uh, a lot of players across the pitch. Also made a. a Big decision to switch goalie, so halfway through, um, from Shaw to Arai to Ryota Suzuki, and Suzuki. I think Arai had a few moments, mm. um, shall we say? Mm. Uh, he definitely had one uh, at Kanazawa, um, which <laughs> is reason enough to be dropped uh, in and of itself. But um, yeah, Suzuki in the second half of the season he was excellent, uh, as were so many of their players. And we think like Daisuke Suzuki was really good at the back. And um, uh, Taishi Taguchi in, in um, central midfield also was a very, very good performer. But then there are others who perhaps less held it, like um, Masaru Hidaka, I thought was very impressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, the likes of um, well, Koya Kazuma as well, I thought played pretty well. But he's always, for me, kind of flattered to deceive, I guess, but he did all right. And then, of course, Hiro Komori, who we talked about a lot um, on the last pod, was, was a really good find out of university and they made a really really good signing uh, in mid-season of Dudu who's seven goals in 17 games really um, mm. probably was, was the big big factor in being able to push them up into the top six come the end of the year like Yamagata their defence was a bit dodgy mm. but uh, I mean you know it's Jeff and we didn't have much cause to, to go oh, typical Jeff this year either, did we? Which su- suggests much more positive, slightly different Jeff. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I have to um, sort of c- come clean and say I was I was probably one of the loudest kind of um, eye rollers, if you can roll your eyes loudly. <laughs> and I was a naysayer when uh, Yoshiki Kobayashi came in as the manager. You know, no previous experience as a number one, uh, obviously. Although I think he's, he's a former player, isn't he? But I think what I liked about him was two things. Um, first of all, he tried to get Jeff playing a very modern style. Uh, now, that doesn't mean anything in isolation. But what I mean is he made sure that every position had like a mobile player. Mm. So everybody could move around the pitch uh, quickly uh, and easily. So uh, Dudu, for example, great example, mobile player, turns up everywhere. Daisuke Suzuki, he's a centre-back, but he turns up everywhere. Uh, corner kicks, free kicks into the team's box. He, he gets around uh, gets around the pitch. Uh, right back, they ended up playing Issei Takahashi, who when mm. I uh, was watching Jeff regularly in the stadium uh, a few years ago, he, he would be deployed as a kind of defensive midfielder. 
but he's been moved into the you know the, the sort of right back position more often because he he his his qualities in this system uh, Kobayashi feels are better suited there. Less mobile players were not used as much like Andrew Kumagai in midfield. Um, Solomon Sakuragawa not the most mobile. He was took took a, a quick look at him and said, no, I'm not you know don't need him up front. Mm. Rui Suyoshi, you know the the, the sort of left sided attacker. They let him go on loan to Okayama. We thought this is this is these are the actions of a lunatic, uh, but it mm-hmm. turned out to be you know he had other ideas for how he wanted the team to play and I think um, what I'm going to say next sounds very obvious but getting the players that play the way you want to play is something that you actually have to be quite a clear-minded and logical thinker to do that and it's no coincidence that some players that have flattered to deceive in recent years like Taishi Taguchi they were freed up a lot this year you know they, they seem to be playing a lot more um dangerous football they, they seemed a lot more dangerous to the other team's penalty area and the other team's goal this season than yeah. previous years even though it's the same player so I think you know I've read because oh, Taishi Taguchi had a great season and I think that's true but he, he basically was playing at the levels he normally plays at performance wise you know he, he was always a sort of 7 out of 10 player but because he's got players around him that are kind of freeing him up a lot more um, mm. it, it, it made a big difference so I, I like that kind of too often in the J-League and um, I, I know when it comes to talking about Kanazawa this is probably something we'll come up James we'll keep it brief for today you know managers would tend to pick the same players all the time yep. and not rotate whereas Kobayashi I think in, you know, he took a look at the squad and was like well I want to play this way I don't think this player, this player, this player they can't do that so I'll get, I'll move them out I won't, I won't keep asking them to do what they can't do I'll just get in players that can do, can play the way I want to play. I thought that was really refreshing. And I'll add as well, we should give one thing we don't think we've ever done on the pod is give Jeff's front office credit. <laughs> um, so we'll do that here because how easy would it have been to just fire him in uh, before Golden Week? You know, I, I thought he, I'm sure I tweeted, I think this guy is at the head of the queue for the, the sack race here. He's the favourite to be sacked. And he's still there. And his position, you know, he's he's bulletproof at this point at Jeff, I think. He's got them into the playoffs after a few years of, of not being in. So, um, yeah, f- fair play to them. Whether it because they, they wanted to fire him but couldn't find the, the forms or they didn't have a pen or something, we, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, that would be very Jeff, wouldn't it? But they, they persevered and I think... Um, you can see, you can see two things that are not really talked about enough, probably in football genres. First of all, the uh, front office sticking by a manager who had a clear system, a clear plan. That was a positive; they were rewarded for that. And the manager himself, he had a very clear idea of how he wanted to play. That's not that unusual, but he also had a very clear idea of how to get the players to do it. And I think that's where a lot of managers fall down as they want to do something. I mean, it's not as common now, but in, in J2, you know, all the managers must have had the same DVD of Barcelona. Yeah. So they'd always want the players to play that kind of possession football. But it doesn't. it's not as good if you haven't got like Danny Alves on the right and, you know, Sergio Busquets in the middle, you know. And I think I was really impressed with Kobayashi how sort of, um, how, how sort of pragmatic he was in terms of how he molded the team. Um, I think that that has got, he's gone from like probably what I thought was the worst appointment in preseason, the least imaginable, to probably like I yeah. think he's a hot property now, and I think yeah. Jeff will probably uh, be very pleased they, if they can retain him for next year. To be honest, yeah. So, so I'd have to make I'd have to give them an A grade, even though they they've not really they didn't really achieve the goal of promotion. But I think the there was a there was a feel good factor around the club by then. Some of the attendances they were putting up were pretty impressive. Um, yeah. you know, home games were pretty much sold out um, mm. but by the, by the time the running came around and they, they needed extra tickets for the, the semi-final, the playoffs against Verdi, uh, Ajinomoto for example so um, yeah, it's it's ages since I've seen 
um, Jeff supporters like uh, bouncing like that, you know, in, in social media terms. So yeah, long may that continue. I, I know it's kind of funny to, to to kick Jeff while they're down, but I think str- strong Jeff is, uh, is is long overdue and probably good for the league in general. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, all good, all good. Yes, and uh, even Dudu, they, they were probably short of shithousery, weren't they? So adding Dudu definitely helped in that in that regard as well. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. All right, James, I think at this point we, uh, we'll uh, we'll take a break uh, again. We're going to talk about the, the team that finished in seventh place, that's Fivar and Nagasaki, but we're, we're going to leave that to someone who knows much more than us about the, the inner workings there. That's Daniel Kurada. So, uh, yeah, we'll say goodbye, I think, here for part one of our J2 season reviews, but we'll be back soon for part two and part three. We'll, we'll talk about the teams from the, the middle of the table uh, and the bottom, but I think that's all for the, for the top half from me and James. Uh, so thank you for listening uh, and enjoying the pod uh, with us through the season but uh, yeah we'll say goodbye for this week but uh, stay tuned uh, after a quick bit of music uh, Daniel Kurada is going to be on hand he's got the uh, the Nagasaki season review for you but speak to you soon bye for now Hi guys this is Daniel of Nagasaki Blue and Orange and um, I would like to yeah, give you some thoughts on Vifara Nagasaki's um, season of 2023. And um, so I will start with the grade I would give the team. And I would give the team a D plus for that season because um, the, ultimate, the ultimate goal was to get promoted and it was also to get promoted um, directly. So without making the playoffs or... Yeah, the goal was to become first or second place, basically. And um, they clearly failed um, to reach this goal. were 10 points behind second place and 22 points behind the first place. Um, to be honest, I first I was thinking to give an even worse grade. Um, because I just saw some really... Some really bad matches with um, many goals conceded against teams like Machida and Yamagata. Um... But yeah, I also have to say that one of my wishes for the season was to be more entertained again. And that actually happened. Sometimes it went into the completely wrong direction and um, because the team conceded so many goals. But ultimately, it it was much more entertaining again to, to watch Vifaran games. And... Um, yeah, one positive I would I would add is uh, was the recruitment, because I think the players that came in like uh, of course Juanma and Masuyama and also the goalkeeper Hatano, um, they made a really positive impact. Okay, um, as a second point, um, I will talk about what was my high point for Vifaren uh, last year last season, um, and that was for me quite early in the season. So the team only got two points from the first four games of the season. And because of how the last season ended, um, at one point, actually, Vifar and Nagasaki hadn't won a home game in about eight or nine months. And um, you could still feel that at the beginning of the season that there was kind of a yeah lack of confidence, I think. And um, so they only got two points from the first four games and then came an away win against Kumamoto <clears throat> and then a home win against Yamagata um, where Vifarin came from behind twice and Juanma actually scored a hat-trick. And um, that was the start to a really good run where they won eight out of nine games. 
and temporarily jumped into second place. And at that time, it even seemed <clears throat> that the defensive issues had been fixed. Um, but actually, later on, obviously, <laughs> we saw that that was not really the case. Um, yeah. So as a low point of the season, um, as I said already, we suffered some really high def high losses. Um, also, some we also lost some home games. I think two or three home games we fought and lost. After being up, um, for example, there was one against Tochigi where we were 1-0 one, one up. Then we got a red card and lost 2-1 in the end. Um, but even worse to me were those really high defeats. Um, first, there was a 5-1 defeat against Yamagata. And we lost both games against Machida really high. So one was 4-1, the away game. And then at home, 6-0. That was the absolute worst. So we conceded 10 goals against Machida and 6-0 at home was um, obviously the highest home defeat Vifada Nagasaki ever, has ever suffered. And I was so sure that uh, Fabio Carrillo was going to be fired after that game, to be honest. Um, I thought it was really time by then because um, his actually his performance in that game made it even worse than it should have been. Um, so Vifaden were down 2-0 at halftime. And I think, yeah, Nakamura had a had a straight red card. But um, the team still uh, hung in there and they created a couple of chances early in the second half. Um, but they just, yeah, didn't manage to score. And I think Fabio Carrillo sort of really wanted to go, wanted the team to attack more and more. And um, that's when Machida really started to pick us apart. And um, I think they scored their final three goals within 10 minutes. That was when Carrillo brought on two offensive players for, I think, a defender and a midfielder. And yeah, they really destroyed us in the end. And um, it was even worse because... At that point, the goal difference—it it still looked like the goal difference was going to be, was going to make a difference for us, in the run for the for the playoffs. So yeah, that was really bad. And um, now the next point I will speak about is um, our most important player. I guess that's I don't have to say much about it because it's obviously Juanma who scored twenty six goals, which is a, a club record, and. Um, so he he managed to to beat um Hirodo Goya's 22 goals from 2019 and he also added five assists so he was actually joined first place for the most assists at Vifaden and um as a honorable mention I would add Keita Nakamura I mean he only came in during the summer transfer window he made 13 appearances 11 starts and he scored four goals and added another four assists so I really hope that we can keep him also for next season and um, he signed on a full transfer so I would think that he will also be there next season and just today while I, when I record this it was announced that uh, Juanma was, uh, will be there next season so it looks quite good for 2024 in that regard. And finally my the biggest surprise to me was um, Kazuki Kujibiki, the central defender. Um, at the beginning of the season, he hadn't scored since 2019. 
And he only had three goals in his entire career, which is, um, I think, more than 10 years by now. And um, yeah, he kind of, he, he basically tripled the amount of his career goals. So he scored six times this season as a central defender, which was quite, which really was a surprise to me. And he was the second best scorer behind Juanma at Nagasaki. Um, so he added some really important goals, especially uh, because also Eddie God Jr. was injured for quite a big part of the season. So we needed someone to add goals and he and Keita Nakamura added some, some danger in that regard. So, And it was quite funny because he scored so many goals, he got his own abbreviations. So there are defenders you know, you have the abbreviation like D or DF and you have four words, which are F or FW. So when we far, when Kushibiki scores a goal, now we far and right that he is a DFW, defender forward, basically. So that was quite funny in the end. Um, yeah, so for now, that's it for me. Um, I want to thank everyone um, who followed my pages this year. You can find me obviously on Instagram and Twitter or X, whatever, under Nagasaki Blue and Orange. And also thank you to everybody who contributed to the to JTalk Extra Time, especially John and, and James, of course. It's really nice to, yeah, to speak to you guys every now and then. And yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. And especially I, I am dying to know already what will be the, the slogan for next season. I really loved big and basic <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that okay everyone enjoy the new year and speak to you soon bye